This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. I hope you're taking notes. There's an outline in your bulletin. Today, I want to continue our theme that we've been looking at the last few weeks It's been called compelled, compelled to share his love, compelled to take the message of hope everywhere to everyone. And as we prepare our hearts for our annual missions convention, we call it our Kingdom Builders Missions Convention. You've already heard next week we're going to be uh, dressing up and wearing our outfits from around the world. We're gathering all of our coins for our our, uh, buddy barrels and our missionary challenge to uh, support our missionary kids as well as uh, missionary uh, children's ministries around the world. We'll be making our faith promises. We'll be sharing with you projects. But why do we do it is what we've been talking about the last couple weeks. Now, before I share with you a, a word today, I want to give you a couple, if it would be, highlights to celebrate what God has done in the last number of years with us here at Christian Life Center. Now, I'm only going to give us a little window, a little glimpse, but I want to just kind of rewind and help us to see what God has done through us. I've titled the message today, Stepping Through Open Doors, and the doors that God has opened for us, not just to make an impact here in South Florida, but especially around the world, I want you to see the impact as we have embraced these opportunities, stepped through these doors, we've been compelled uh, to go. Let's look at what's happened in the last last five years. In 2015, uh, we shared with you some projects. Now, every year we're supporting our missionaries. Our missionaries are on the ground. They're staying there. But in 2015, we had several things that happened that year. For one, we took missions teams. Uh, A number of our congregation went to Honduras. Uh, We worked with an orphanage there and we did evangelism. We sent a team to Tijuana, Mexico, and we helped uh, build and construct some work that was there. In fact, we spent almost $60,000 on uh, that when we went to Honduras and Tijuana. That year, uh, we had an opportunity to go all through Cuba. In fact, I went three different times that year and we trained over 2,000 pastors that year. In fact, I, if you've ever been to Cuba, you can imagine with me, I mean, they drove me. I'd be there a week at a time and we went all over. We were doing conferences, pastors conferences. There would be large crowds like this uh, gathered and we were training them on the CLC vision and just equipping and empowering uh, the, the pastors there. In fact, for three years straight, we were going into Cuba, spent almost $40,000 just training the pastors in Cuba. That year, we also had the opportunity to help launch a brand new children's orphanage in um, in uh, Bolivia. Pastor Max Yuri himself came and shared that project and the opportunity with Children's Network International that was uh, starting that year, and we gave $50,000. And that year was the crisis that was taking place where refugees were walking all the way into Europe, and they were coming out of uh, uh, Serbia and 
and other places where there was political, uh, uh, you know, upheaval and unrest. And uh, we gave that year $19,000 to start a refugee center in Vienna, Austria. And it's still running today. We were the seed money uh, to get that started. That was 2015. In 2016, uh, Joe, uh, Joseph Gordon, in fact, he'll go and be back in a couple weeks. He came and he shared with us an opportunity in India. And we call it business as mission. Because in some of these countries, you can't go as a missionary. And so you go in and you establish a business and that business becomes a missionary hub and an opportunity to minister. And we helped start, it was a gym that young Muslims and Indians were coming to in India, a business as mission opportunity. We gave $30,000 to that. And then that year, if you remember, we had uh, the big opportunity in Rwanda to start five churches uh, after a lot of the earthquakes and things that were taking place in Rwanda. And we raised $50,000, started five churches in Rwanda that year. I mean, that's just in those couple years. In 2017, we had, they're going to be back with us uh, next week. We had the couple from China that came in and they shared with us another business as mission opportunity. They were establishing a cafe and it was the opportunity that they were ministering uh, to the Chinese in the region of that uh, area. Large, large area, very, uh, very limited internationals. It was a work uh, going in and ministering to the Chinese people. $25,000 we gave towards that to help start that brand new uh, cafe. You'll be hearing about that in the next couple weeks. And then that year we started five churches in Nepal. We went into Nepal and, and we raised $50,000, started five uh, churches. We also that year raised money for generators throughout Africa, where in many of these villages, they don't have electricity and they don't have uh, opportunities like we have to have light or, or to have sound systems and things like that. So we raised money, over $10,000 uh, we raised to help uh, uh, with these generators that were solar powered generators. It was a Christmas project we had, and that was exciting. And in that year, David Grant, who's been with us many years, Project Rescue, rescuing girls out of human trafficking. He was our speaker that year, and we raised $20,000 for Project Rescue. Then last year's project, or two years ago, a project is we partnered with the Turks and Caicos. It was a Haitian church, uh, a, a Haitian church in the Turks and Caicos. So they were, uh, uh, you know, Haitians that have uh, come out of Haiti and they're there. And uh, the church had been uh, uh, really uh, destroyed pretty heavily during uh, some hurricane weathers that had come through uh, the year before. So we came in with $50,000. We helped them rebuild that, putting a roof on it, beginning to get the sanctuary uh, ready. And then that year was a big year. That year, we also uh, helped start five churches in Indonesia. We went into Indonesia, five more churches uh, we planted there. So every year, I mean, we're planting churches, we're helping orphanages, we're rebuilding, we're uh, training pastors. That year also, we sent a team and we sent $25,000 into Jamaica, a partnering uh, ministry that we've partnered with for years and years. The 
city of refuge, orphanage. We uh, sent in $25,000 that year into Jamaica. We helped them rebuild roofs and uh, different projects, did evangelism, uh, some of the damage that came because of some of the hurricanes. And then last year, man, it was a big year last year. Last year, we had Salah come and we went into Ghana. And in Ghana, we were building an orphanage. You're going to hear more about it next week. Uh, we, uh, we in that orphanage in school, uh, we had 21 classrooms, a chapel, dormitories, $60,000 last year into Ghana. We'd never gone in to Ghana before. And we planted five churches in India last year as well. Five churches, we. Now, when I say we, it's us. It's all of us. I mean, it's all of us. Nobody gave $50,000 by themselves. Nobody gave $25,000 by themselves. We together, linking together, did something great. We also are training pastors. We're going to do this project in another country this year, reaching what's called oral learners. Oral learners do not read or write, and it's a large majority of the world's population. And so when we want to train these pastors that don't read and write, we have found a way to train them and equip them with the same Bible uh, uh, classes and, 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 uh, and preparations that ministers like myself will get, but they're not getting it through the printed word, but they're getting it through technology today where they see it, they hear it, and uh, they still have a way to speak back their lessons. And, and so they're tr being trained as oral learners. And so we gave $20,000 last year uh, to that. And then last year, we also uh, helped train pastors throughout Russia, $12,500 to train pastors in crusades and, and trainings throughout Russia. And then we especially began to turn our focus in to the Caribbean last year. We sent missionaries down to the, to the Cayman Islands. And from the Cayman Islands, we've begun to broadcast uh, on television. And uh, we're beginning to see partnerships that are developing. In fact, out of that partnership, I will be going to Jamaica in two weeks and I'll be preaching the general council of the Assemblies of God gathering of pastors in Jamaica in just a couple weeks. I'm looking forward to that. I've only seen Jamaica by cruise boat. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing the real Jamaica, you know, more than just the falls, you know, of Jamaica. You know, I know the waterfalls real well. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of Jamaica. And uh, we'll be there. We'll be talking about encounters and school of discipleship. Uh, the superintendent wants to start doing encounters and school of discipleship in six different regions of Jamaica. And so we're looking forward uh, to that. So in the last five years, in the last five years, look how much that we have given in missions the last five years. Now, this is missionaries, projects, and everything. Three million five hundred and six dollars in the last five years. That's money that's flown through us. We've all, I make commitment, you make commitment through us to take the gospel around the world. Most of these places we will never get to go. We will never get the minister. We will never get the work or talk to those pastors. But God is using us to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Now, 
I just thought it would be fun to show you what we've done in the last 10 years. I didn't have a chance to walk through all the projects, but in the last 10 years, look how much we've given. uh, $5,812,000, I can't even say it, $417. That's a lot of money, yeah? Praise the Lord. The question is, can one church touch the world? And the answer is yes. One church can touch the world. We've been sharing with you projects just last year. I asked them to put it on a map. These are different places that we began to touch the world just last year. Now, that wasn't all of our projects in the last five or 10 years, but just in the last five years. Then I asked them, go ahead and start putting in where our missionaries are. Our missionaries are there. They live there. We support them. They're there regularly. Make a map where we can begin to see. Now, where it says the U.S., those are ministries ministries that are more uh, technology ministries that really are broadcasting all over the world. But you can begin to see that we're touching the continents of the world through your missions, giving, and your dollars. I believe what God is doing The blessing that God is giving us here personally as well as corporately is because we have a vision on the world that as we shine into the world, God is blessing us right here at home. We're stepping through these open doors and it makes a difference for the kingdom of God. So turn to your neighbor, give them a high five, say good job, good job, man, it is awesome. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about open doors and stepping through open doors. I believe that this is a moment that God has given to us. The Abrahamic covenant, the promise that God gave to Abraham is a promise that he gives to us. And that promise is I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to the world. I couldn't help but this morning, I couldn't help but yesterday, think about the blessings of God in my life, in our church. It's a blessing to us so that we can be a blessing to the world. I was talking to a friend yesterday and we were talking about some dif- different situations and, and he said, you know, those are, those are first world problems, aren't they? And I began to think about it and I said, you know, they're so right. Those wouldn't even be things that those in the third world would even be talking about. Those are first world problems. And the reality is we're living in the first world of of what they call the first world and what we get to enjoy and the blessings and the favor and, and all that God has graced our life with is that that he's given to us and he wants it to be a blessing that flows through us to touch the world, to touch the world. And that That's what I love about the Assemblies of God. We're an Assemblies of God church. We're partnering with them. The Assemblies of God has missionaries and there's flags represented in the room today, missionaries in over 200 nations around the world. It's been over a hundred years that we have sent missionaries into all of the world. And so we're a part of something that is so much bigger than we are. It's something that's proven. It's something that has relationships with with national leaders and national pastors and superintendents and movements around the world and we get to be a part of it. Open doors. God gives us open doors because when we step through the open door, it's an opportunity to bless the world and to touch the world that's around. I wanna read to you a passage of scripture. It's in your outline. 
And uh, this has been our key passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's not on the screen, I don't think. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. For Christ's love compels us. Say compels us. Compels us because we are convinced. We've got to know in our heart that we're convinced of this message. And this is what compels us. We're convinced that one, that one is Christ died for all. And therefore all died. We die in our sin and we live to new life. We live in Christ. And he died for all that those who, who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What compels us is that we have a message of hope. What compels us to take this message of hope into all the world is that we believe that the answer to sin's problem and the answer to humanity and the answer to that which has separated people from a loving God is the love of Jesus Christ. It's what compels us and it motivates us and it leads us to take the gospel into all the world. We have a mandate. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's a mandate. It's a command like any other command in the Bible is that we take the love of Christ, the message of hope everywhere to everyone. Yes, it starts here at home and we're doing everything we can to reach the lost right here at home in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, in our Samaria that's close to us. And that's people that live around us. They're near us, but they're not like us. We have a mandate to take the message to them. But then the mandate says, take it into all of the world. It's open doors, it's opportunities. And God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to the nations. Look here at a passage of scripture. In Ephesians chapter five, we talk about this in the, in the school of discipleship. Ephesians chapter five and verse 16, Paul is saying here that we've got to make the most of every opportunity, circle that, every opportunity because the days are evil. We have an opportunity that's before us and when we step through open doors, these open doors are called, I want you to write it down, it's a Greek word, I don't do it much but I like the word and I like what it represents and that is that when we understand and we see that there is an open door before us, that open door is what's called a keros moment, write it down, a keros moment. A moment of opportunity. It's there for a moment, a brief moment. But if we don't seize that opportunity and step through the door, the door can close just like that. It's a moment of opportunity that we have to embrace. It's sort of like having an, an hourglass. The hourglass that when you flip it over and it begins the pour, the reality is it will not go on forever, that there is a, an end. It's an opportunity that's here. It's coming. And that is what God has given to you and I, an open door, open doors, opportunity. And we've got to embrace it. The thing about these opportunities, like a, an hourglass that runs out, is that if we don't seize it, we can miss it. And I've learned that some of God's greatest gifts and some of the greatest opportunities and the greatest blessings, the, the greatest opportunities are moments of opportunity that I must embrace. I embrace it in faith. 
And yes, it's always frightening. When God begins to reveal an open door and an opportunity that's before me, it's on a timeline. And if I don't embrace it, it will run out. The door will close. The opportunity, that's an incredible opportunity. And especially when it comes to proclaiming the gospel and establishing the kingdom of God and advancing the work of God around the world, the gates of hell will try to fight against it. The gates of hell will try to convince you and me that we've got plenty of time. But the reality is if we buy into that lie and if we don't realize that there is a moment, a keros moment, a moment of opportunity, an open door, if we don't step through it, the time will run out and it will close on us. Look what Paul says. I like what Paul says here. Look in Acts chapter 14, verse 27, arriving there. They gathered the church together and they reported all that God had done through them and how that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the unbelievers. God opened the door and they were reporting all that God had done. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, it says, because a great door, underline it, for effective work, has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. This work, if you read this chapter, you will see that it was that many were coming to faith. They were giving their life to Christ. They were coming to the knowledge of who Jesus was. And boy, the disciples uh, 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 and Paul and his group were, were discipling them and helping them to mature and grow in the faith. He says there was an effectual work. There was a, there was a moment of opportunity. In fact, when he's writing here in Corinth, he's telling the church in Corinth, I can't come to you. I can't come right now. They asked Paul to come because there was problems in the church. There were situations that were going on and they wanted Paul to come back and help solve the problem. And Paul says, I can't come right now. And the reason that I cannot come right now is because there is an open door and it's a moment. It's there for a moment and I've got to remain. It's an effectual work. It's, a, it's an effective work and I've got to stay and remain. Why? There's many that are opposing. And if I leave, those who are opposing the gospel will overtake it. So I must stay. I love the tenacity of Paul. I love the strength of Paul that says I'm going to preach and I'm going to share and I'm going to do what I can. And when he saw that there was opposition that was around, he said to the church, I can't come right now. So instead, I'm sending you a letter. And that's what we're reading in Corinthians. Corinthians is Paul's letter because he could not go because there was an open door opportunity. And so he says, I'm going to talk to you. In fact, he's going to talk to them pretty hard. The problem was is there was immorality in the church. They were bickering. They were fighting. They, 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 were, they were following false doctrines and false teaching. I mean, there was a lot of problems in the church. And Paul says, I can't go. So I'm sending you my letter. And it's what we read today in 1 Corinthians. He says there's an open door. It's a kairos moment. It's a window, a time that's there. The time is there. It's short. If you don't embrace it, if you don't walk through the door, it closes just like that. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, to the projects that we've shared with you year after year after year, can I tell you that these are moments of urgency? 
because Christ wants us to get his mission and his mission, I pray, it's my prayer for all of us, will become my passion. His mission will become my passion. I learned a long time ago that I don't always get to pick the timing of a Kairos moment. There's been things that have come and in the natural, it would seem like we don't have time, we don't have the ability, we don't have the strength, I don't have the staff, I don't have the resources. I can't do this right now. But what I've realized is open doors, I don't get to choose them. I don't get to pick when I, when I want to take it, when I want to embrace it. God sends it to it. My responsibility is to recognize it. And that's my prayer for us as a church, for you individually in your life, for Kairos moments, and for us as a church that we will recognize. Say that with me, recognize. We will recognize Kairos moments, that we will embrace it in faith, and we will walk in obedience. And as we do, that God will empower us with the Holy Spirit. That's a powerful word that I pray over our life. I pray over my life. I pray over us as a church that God help me to recognize Kairos moments. Help me to tell the difference, God, from all of the chatter, from all of the voices in the world. So, so many opportunities. We can do anything we want, but we cannot do everything we want. So God, give me, give me insight, give me wisdom. Help me to see the Kairos moments. Lead me by your spirit. And like Paul, if I walk off and I think you're leading me somewhere and it's not where you want, shut the door and redirect me, oh God, so that we are in your perfect will. Some of you are making decisions about your future and all I can pray is that God, if that's not your will, close the door for them, oh God redirect them, realign them, and help us to embrace the Kairos moments. I want to share with you one of our projects this year. This is literally what I believe a Kairos moment. You know, I think many of you know that I am the missions director for the Assemblies of God of Florida. We have 370 churches and every year we, 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 we look and search and it's hard finding these projects. We find projects that are urgent, projects that are open doors and opportunities. Indonesia, Rwanda, India, we've been sharing, Nepal. Every year these are different projects. And we link together with all the other Assemblies of God churches in Florida, and we link together to do something significant as the Assemblies of God of Peninsula, Florida. This year, one of our urgent projects is in India. I'm sorry, it's in Egypt. It's in Egypt. Last year was India. I want you to see this video about the project in Egypt. Egypt, 92 million Muslims. 10 million Christians sharing a common history, ethnicity, culture, and language. Nine out of 10 Egyptians are living in darkness. The Egyptian Assemblies of God are experiencing a modern Pentecostal renewal with a vision to establish new churches in Egypt. For the past 50 years, this has been extremely difficult. Government restrictions created under Anwar Sadat made renovations, expansions, or new churches virtually impossible. In 2019, NPR radio host Steve Inskeep said, 
In some parts of Egypt, the government will not grant permits for churches, and tens of thousands of worshipers are left to pray in the street. During this interview, Gerges Hakim of the Egyptian Coptic Church said, We have been waiting for approval for anywhere from two years to a decade to license churches and church buildings. Recently, Egyptian President Sisi has eased these restrictions, making it possible for the Egyptian Assemblies of God to repair, expand, purchase, or build new churches. We have the opportunity to partner with the Egyptian Assemblies of God to help them establish new churches in some of the world's most ancient and historic cities. Cairo, the bustling capital of Egypt and home to 18 million people. Giza, in the shadow of ancient pyramids and the Sphinx, a suburb of Cairo, where modern Egyptian society thrives in the midst of history. Luxor, the ancient city of Thebes, home to the ruins of the Temple of Karnak and the Valley of the Kings, a city of over 500,000 people who have never had a Pentecostal church. In Egypt, as little as $1,000 will fund a much needed renovation. $5,000 will allow a church to expand. $20,000 will build a complete church. These funds are desperately needed. Without a legal church building, congregations can face severe persecution for public baptisms, prayer meetings, and gatherings. In a village without a church, an Egyptian woman said, when my father passed away last year at the age of 79, we held his funeral in the street. We have the opportunity to invest in the people of Egypt, to partner with pastors facing extreme persecution and often open hostility. Your financial partnership will make it possible to establish a full gospel witness in the midst of darkness. Amen. This is one of our projects this year into Egypt. And I believe that when we embrace these divine moments, these open doors, secondly, I want you to write it down. We can have kingdom impact. Impact for the kingdom of God. I've watched through the years as a pastor that as God begins to move on people's hearts, I've begun to see that God will use anyone that makes themselves available. When one says, God, I realize that there are gifts, that there are abilities, that, that God, you've given to me uh, 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 passions in my heart. We call it your shape, your spiritual gift, your heart's passions, uh, abilities within your personality and even your experiences, your shape. God will use you and he'll use anyone that makes themselves available. The impact of the kingdom. In your bulletin today, I, we have already begun to, to give to you, to help you again to get a snapshot of the projects that we are presenting to you this year. We have a big goal before us. We did this last year. It's, uh, it's in the same range of what we did last year, but we're presenting to you uh, this year our projects. And on the inside of this brochure, on a yellow section there, when you open it up, are the four major projects. Projects. Now, next week, you'll be hearing more about these projects. I just shared with you one of them is in uh, Egypt. 
we're also going to be linking together in Israel. And there is an Arab church in Israel that are reaching the, uh, the Arabs that live within uh, the borders of Israel. And we're going to be partnering with them, touching the Arab-speaking world. Our goal is $50,000. This is going to plant churches in Egypt, as well as to help renovate this church in Israel that's reaching the Arabs uh, there. We're also going to be presenting to you uh, uh, a tremendous opportunity in Mozambique. We have not gone into Mozambique before. Mozambique, Africa. We're partnering with Oral Learners Initiative again. It's training those pastors that don't read or write, and we're going to be going into the languages of Jahardi, I believe is how you say it, and the Portuguese languages that are in Mozambique, Africa there. The project is primarily focusing on training these pastors there in Mozambique. Also, we have a tremendous opportunity this year to partner with the Assemblies of God of the West Indies. It's called the Pentecostal of the West Indies. So all of these different nations in May. In fact, we're going to be telling you about it. We're going to need your help as volunteers. And uh, we're going to invite you to the evening services. In May, 350 Pentecostal churches of the Assemblies of God of all of the West Indies are going to be coming here for their uh, for their uh, for their general council. They have a general council every three years, and they're coming into Fort Lauderdale. They've asked if they if we could host them, and we're going to be hosting them. And one of the things that we want to do during that week is we want to bless the pastors. We want to give them resources. We want to give them books. We want to help them uh, with materials of what God has given to us here. And so we're putting together kits and bags. There's going to be over. 350 pastors that are going to be coming and so we're raising a, a funds to partner with these pastors and help them. One of the great burdens that God put on my heart, and especially when we come into a big church like this and all that we have when it comes to resources and staff and sermon series and, and all these things that we have, is there are so many pastors around the world. I know I was a missionary. I was there. I worked with them. They're in smaller churches. They don't have the resources. They don't have the materials especially in a strong Pentecostal church like we have here with a message that's deep and a message that, that moves them in their Pentecostal uh, distinctives. And so when we can come along and partner with these pastors, can you imagine the impact? 350 churches. I don't know how many are in their churches, but just imagine if there's 100 people in each church, when that pastor comes here and we begin the partner with them and train them, resource them, build relationship with them. The doors that'll open for kids trainings and youth trainings and encounters and school of discipleships just begins to uh, multiply in the opportunity we have to help them. But imagine the impact, 350 or more pastors with a hundred in their congregation. You begin to do the math and you can see the impact that we can have around the world. And then this year, we just truly believe God has led us to take what we're doing, encounters and school of discipleship, and begin to go in other countries and other nations. And uh, through the television program, we want to develop the school of discipleship that after the program, we can 
can say, and the television networks are in over 100 nations around the world, we can say to those that are listening, if you want to grow in your faith and you want to strengthen your faith, it's not just a television program, but that we can direct them to an online discipleship program, school of discipleship going online in an online format that can begin to grow them and to strengthen them and uh, partner with them. I don't even know where it's going to go. It might be somewhere in Africa or somewhere in Asia or maybe to go in Iraq or Iran and, and different, different places where it's going that all of a sudden people are enrolling in a discipleship program and beginning to grow in their faith. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kingdom impact for the kingdom of God for me. When I see that, I begin to think about that. That is kingdom impact. Can I hear an amen? As we come to the end of our service, I want to read to you two other passages of scriptures. I want to read to you talking about our kingdom impact, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I want to read verses 1 through 5. Paul is writing, remember I told you, uh, he's writing to the church of Corinth. This is his second letter that he has now sent to them. And he says, now brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches, the churches in Greece. And I hope that you'll go with me to Greece next year, that we'll go on this Pauline tour. These Macedonian churches, out of, their, out of the most severe trial, I mean, they're under heavy persecution and trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty so there's difficulties, they're in poverty, it's a famine, but their joy wells up in rich, generous giving. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, underline that, they were able and even beyond, circle beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us. Boy, I can't wait for this to happen. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this giving to the saints. What Paul is saying is they were begging me to take money <laughs> so that it could go out and help believers in other places. And they did not do it as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us and keeping with God's will. Paul says that they gave according to their ability, meaning that they had it in their resources. They, they had it, it was there, it was within their ability. It wasn't a sacrifice, it wasn't, it wasn't a faith, it was just them beginning to look at and say, God, I wanna prioritize this in my life. Over the next couple weeks, as we keep looking at our projects, we talk about faith promise, I pray that every one of us will be able to do what is according to our ability. It's already in our budgets. It's already there. We do it. Do you know that the average home in Florida, the average home in Florida spends a minimum of $85 a month on television and internet? $85 a month. When I heard that, I thought, God, boy, could we imagine if we gave at least what our cable bill is a month to world missions, to taking the gospel around the world, 
to begin to see it going on airways, the same airway that maybe we watch our television on every night. God, imagine what we could do as a congregation if we gave at least what we give a month to our cable company, because that's really optional, right? Cable's optional. I mean, well, it is. It is, it's optional. But if we could do that at least for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God, the impact, it's, what am I saying? It's in our ability. It's there, it's according to our ability. We just gotta prioritize. And secondly, he says, beyond their ability. Now, beyond their ability is where the faith promise comes in. It goes beyond what is in their, their budget to do. Now they're stepping into faith and they're saying, God, will you help us to stretch? Help us to go beyond. Let us have faith to believe. And God, we're trusting that as you provide, maybe it's a raise at the job. Maybe it's a bonus. Maybe if you're selling a piece of property, maybe you get a higher return in the stock market this year and the dividends are higher. I don't know how God brings it, but God, if you will bring it, I promise. I'm trusting that you're going to increase it. And as you increase it, that stretch. So if I make a commitment to do at least what my cable bill is, my cable bill is, is like $100, $109 a month. So if I make a commitment to say, God, I'm going to do at least what my cable bill is. Now, God, I want to stretch beyond that in faith, trusting. Now, that's where my faith comes in. And what the beautiful thing is we can all do this because it requires faith and all of us have faith. And the beautiful thing about faith is it's a faith promise is it's not a pledge. The pledge is that which is in my ability. The faith promise goes beyond my ability. And that is, okay, God, $109 a month is my cable bill. So I'm going to trust you for 125 or 150. That's faith. And God, as you send it, I promise. That's why we call it a faith promise. I promise as you give it, you release it. I'm going to give it back to you. And man, all of a sudden, it wells up. And that's what Paul says about the church, is it wells up. It's in their ability. I mean, when you look at this, this Bible and you begin to read through it, you see that Moses used what he had, and that was a rod in his hand. When we use what we have, what God gives us, it has kingdom impact. Rahab, she used a rope. Gideon, he used pitchers and trumpets. Samson used the jawbone of a donkey. David used a slingshot. And as he used it, he saw the giant come down. The widow gave her two mites. You see, it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. And as we determine that we're going to sacrifice, God uses it. Jesus used the little boy's lunch. He'll use what you and I have, but we've got to be willing to offer it to him. And when we do, it has kingdom impact for the kingdom of God. And thirdly, when we step through an open door, let me just tell you that there are eternal rewards. Look at this last scripture I want to read. There's other ones there, but this last scripture, Revelation 22. Behold, I come soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. 
Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.